0: A couple of weeks back, we got chatting about who was the fastest F1 driver in history. A question that was quite controversially answered by F1 management with help of Amazon's AI. And in their omniscient manner, they conclusively told us that the fastest driver ever was Ayrton Senna. And to which a proportion of the F1 community said, Aha, I knew it. Whilst all the fans of Hamilton, Schumacher, Prost and any other F1 driver that's been successful replied, well, Amazon must be wrong. And who am I to say which camp is correct? After all, as I said when doing my review of the fastest driver in history, half the fun is not actually knowing, but rather debating it out until all parties just agree to disagree and go their separate ways, mulling over how it's not really fair to compare Jim Clark to Max Verstappen as they drove totally different cars. However, even though it's very difficult to say who's the fastest driver ever, and I could spend time rattling through which driver I believe is fastest, today I want to talk about something different. So, without further ado, let's get started.
1: Sebastian Vettel's gone into Max Verstappen, and under braking, Leclerc has gone into the barriers at the penultimate turn. Ahead of Ricardo behind! Oh, it's a tight finish! It's a photo finish! Adding another championship to his collection! It's Lewis Hamilton! of the world!
0: If I asked you what Max Verstappen, Nico Rosberg, Jack Villeneuve, and Mick Schumacher all had in common, you may reply, well, they all had a father who raced in Formula One. And you'd be absolutely correct. In fact, the idea for this episode came from a conversation between me and my own father, who was telling me about how he finds it interesting that we're talking about names in F1 that he was talking about when he was my age. And then I had an idea. I asked, well, who was the most successful father and son team? Well, long story short, here we are, about to talk about that very question. So, who was the most successful Formula One, father and son combo that we've had in the sport so far. Well firstly, I think it's important to talk about how we're going to measure this. In this case, success cannot be claimed by one party alone. For this measurement, we cannot say it is, for example, Michael Schumacher and Mick Schumacher. This is because although Michael brings out the big guns, having won seven championship titles and 91 Grand Prix's, his son is not yet in Formula One. Although if the rumor's about Alfa Romeo to be believed, he soon will be. And therefore Mick is not winning in Formula One yet, and so offsets Michael's success. So when I was looking for a duo who both won in Formula One, I came onto the Rosbergs. In 1982, racing for Williams, Keke successfully pipped names such as Pironi, Watson and Prost to the Formula 1 championship and took his first and only title. 34 years later, in 2016, his son Nico Rosberg would find himself in the battle of his F1 career, in direct competition with Lewis Hamilton as both drivers aimed to take the world championship in their Mercedes cars. What a battle it was, it came down to the last race in Abu Dhabi. Going into the race, Rosberg was ahead of Hamilton, with 367 points to Hamilton's 355. To win, Hamilton realistically needed first place, with Rosberg coming in fourth position. This result would mean that Hamilton would pick up 25 points to end up on 380 total, and Rosberg would lose out picking up just 12 points, ending on 379. However, as the history books would tell us now, this didn't happen and instead I got to bear witness to the fight that would rival greats such as Ayrton Senna versus Alain Prost or James Hunt versus Nicky Lauda. Starting the race Hamilton was in pole and Rosberg lined his silver hour up in second. They set off from the get-go and it's pretty clear that something was amiss. Hamilton, although getting away quite quickly, began to slow down, keeping ahead of Rosberg but reducing his own lap time. Why was he doing this? Well, he wanted to back Rosberg up into the pack. Consequently, Lewis was told on multiple occasions to pick up the pace, leading to Hamilton to respond by saying, I suggest you let us race.
1: Lewis, this is Paddy. We need you to pick up the pace to win this race. That's the instruction.
0: Hamilton tried all the tricks in the book to get Rosberg to end up behind the pack. But it didn't work, and Rosberg successfully claimed second place, gaining the World Championship. It was a season to rival that of his father's, and with both Keke and Nico picking up one World Championship each, they are a pretty successful Formula 1 father and son duo. However, as much as I enjoyed the 2016 season, in fact on a personal level I would argue it was the greatest season of Formula 1 that I can properly remember, I think to answer the question of this episode, we have to turn to two racing legends. A father and son with a legendary name, and both of which raced in iconic eras of motorsport. I am speaking of Graham and Damon Hill. Graham Hill is a name in F1 that rivals other historic greats such as Jackie Stewart and Jim Clark. Not only did he win the World Championship twice, but on the side decided to try his hand at other racing events and is still the only driver to have ever won the triple crown of motorsport, the 24-hour at Le Mans, the Indianapolis 500 and the Monaco Grand Prix. We pick up the story of Graham Hill in 1962, a year that somewhat changed Formula 1. F1 had entered the 1.5-litre V8 era, and with teams such as BRM and Lotus developing their own engines to rival the dominant Ferrari of 1961, this season looked to be a close fight between the teams. To add to this, Sterling Moss, who had challenged for the World Championship the year before, was injured at Goodwood, and decided to retire from the sport. This meant that it was down to the new generation of drivers of Graham Hill in the BRM and Lotus's Jim Clark to pick up the gauntlet and fight it out. And what a fight it would be. The season kicked off at Zandvoort and Jim Clark looked to be in a strong position. Lotus debuted with a monocoque chassis design that was lighter and less flexible than the previous tubular constructed chassis. But as with many of Colin Chapman's Lotus designs of this era, the car would break down. In its first
1: race, the 25 took the
0: lead and held it for 12 laps,
1: until clutch problems let Graham Hill into the lead with a new BRM. The race now settled down with Hill in the lead. So, to the delight
0: of the BRM team, Graham Hill won the Dutch Grand Prix. As a result, Graham Hill would win the Dutch Grand Prix and Bruce McLaren, yes, that McLaren, would take victory in Monaco. The season would then proceed, with Clark winning in Spa, with Hill only taking second place. In the next round in France, both Graham Hill and Jim Clark would fail to win the race, but in round five in Great Britain, Clark would take a much-needed victory over Graham Hill, as Jim would snatch first place, with Graham Hill only managing fourth. However, things would quickly change again with the German Grand Prix. At the Nürburgring, there would be heavy rain and the start of the race was postponed. 3 p.m. approached and it was decided that getting underway was probably for the best. With the conditions being terrible, it was decided that the cars would do a starting circuit to get a feel of what the track was like in the wet. The track was in a terrible state, with rain pooling in the many dips and small potholes that the Nürburgring contained, and banks of earth that lined the side of the track had been washed onto the track. However, with marshals and track workers on hand, they did the best they could to clean it up, leaving the track race-ready by 1962 standards, if a little slippery. By 3.15pm, the race was ready to be started. Jim Clark was so focused on trying to keep his goggles clear of fog, that he failed to switch on the fuel pumps when his engine was started, meaning his engine roared into life before dying as the fuel ran dry in the engine. Having to wait for the fuel to re-enter the chamber and then reignite his engine, Clark would start the race dead last. Graham Hill, however, had a great start and was chasing after first place Dan Gurney, driving a number 7 Porsche. Whilst Hill fought Gurney, Jim Clark had managed to climb his way back up the order, passing 17 cars. By the time Graham Hill and Gurney approached the pits at the end of the second lap, Hill had passed Gurney, matching the Porsche's lap time in the dry and taking first place. However, Graham Hill would not be racing without his own problems as his fire extinguisher came loose in the cockpit, leading to it rolling around and hitting his ankle every time he braked. By lap 3, John Surtees in the Lola Climax had joined the party up front, and Hill, Gurney and Surtees were locked in a three-way battle, pulling further and further ahead of the rest of the pack. Jim Clark, however, was not giving up. After passing the other BRM car, he had managed to get up to 8th place. Back at the front, on lap 5, Gurney's battery had come loose, leading him running wide whilst he attempted to fix the problem on the move. This allowed Surtees to slip by and grab the second place position. According to Surtees, he thought Gurney's car had blown up as he saw him slow down, a reflection on the times perhaps. By lap eight, Clark had made it past McLaren driving the Cooper car, and now taking five seconds out of the front of the pack, he was determined to catch up with the leaders. By the end of the race, Clark would manage to make it all the way back up to fourth place, And with 2 hours and 38 minutes, 45 seconds passing, and still racing in the wet, Graham Hill would take first place, followed by Surtees and Gurney. The Italian Grand Prix in Monza would be another win for Hill, as both BRMs took first and second place, with Jim Clark's Lotus failing to complete the race. This was the deciding moment though for the championship, as it gave Hill a huge lead over his rival Jim Clark.
1: The Grand Prix of Italy at Monza, counting in the World Driving Championship, a 310-mile race. The surprise of the motor racing season is the sensational advance of Graham Hill. Driving a BRM, he was in the lead early in this race. His teammate, the American Richie Ginther, lay second. And incidentally, what a year this is for the once-despised BRM. Hardly challenged, Hill won easily is the last of this year's European Grand Prix. Unless Hill flops badly in South Africa and America, he's set for the World Championship.
0: And although the U.S. Grand Prix would go better for Clark as he won there, Hill would take second place. And finally, in South Africa, with Jim Clark's Lotus failing to complete the race and Graham Hill taking victory, he was awarded his first Grand Prix championship. Graham Hill would then spend the next few years racing in a multitude of different championships, including picking up first place victory in the 1966 Indianapolis 500. But he could only manage second place in Formula One. Well, that was up until 1968. 1968 represented an important year in Formula One history. The season began on the 1st of January 1968 in South Africa with Jim Clark taking victory. This would be Jim Clark's last victory, as on the 7th of April, whilst racing a Formula 2 car around the Hockenheim ring, he would lose control before smashing into the forest.
1: With teammate Graham Hill, Clark was to compete in a Formula 2 race at Hockenheim, Germany. Fate decreed it would be his last race. It was in the fifth lap that something went wrong. Clark's car had not reappeared in front of the timekeeper.
0: Unfortunately, given the speeds in which even the Formula 2 cars travelled, it was estimated he was going 170 miles per hour, and the safety record at the time, Jim was killed as his car slammed into the trees. The 1968 season wouldn't pick up again until Spain on the 12th of May. Hill would win in the second round, and then go on to pick up first place at Monaco, proving himself with the coveted Triple Crown title. By the end of the season, even though his Lotus was retired out of four of the 12 races, he would still go on to beat the legendary names of Bruce McLaren John Surtees and Jackie Stewart to take first place in the Drivers' Championship by a comfortable 12 points, securing his second World Championship title. Truly, Graham Hill can be classed as one of the all-time racing legends, competing in an F1 Championship so different to what we know now, a time when races would last well over two hours and cars would explode or break down on a regular basis. This was a time when F1 cars were being developed at an alarming rate, introducing new technologies such as aerodynamic wings to increase lap times and push the envelope of speed to a new level. Graham's legacy, however, would not just be held in his motor racing record, but also in his son, Damon Hill. For any racing fan, Damon Hill is a name you'd probably be familiar with. Damon Hill broke into Formula One in 1992 with the Brabham F1 team. Unfortunately, Brabham was uncompetitive, with his best result being 11th place, he finished the season at the back of the driver pack. However, Frank Williams would see something in the driver that others didn't, and he was signed for Williams in the 1993 season. This year would go much better for the British driver, as his competitive car would allow him to place second in rounds 2, the Brazilian Grand Prix, and 3, the European Grand Prix, of the 1993 Championship. However, with drivers such as Prost, Senna, Schumacher, and Andretti in the season, he would have to wait till the 11th round to take his maiden F1 victory. Qualifying would see Prost-Williams in pole, with Hill's sister car lining up in second. Behind them was Schumacher's Benetton, followed by Senna's McLaren. Clearly a top four racing legends that rivals what Damon's father had to compete with. The race, however, would go in Hill's favour. On the formation lap, Prost stalled his car, forcing him to start at the back. And after a brilliant start from Hill, he found himself holding on to the lead that Prost had given him. Behind him, things weren't going well for Schumacher, as his slow start allowed Senna, Gerhard Berger and Ricardo Padre to get past him. Things kept going in Hill's favour, as Senna's McLaren gained an electrical fault, forcing him to retire a few laps later, as Michael Schumacher spun his Benetton, ruining his race further. Prost, on the other hand, was having a great race, making up places, and found himself in third. However, just as Prost found himself having some success, his rear wing failed, forcing him to pit stop. Schumacher, meanwhile, would recover from his spin and catch up with his teammate, and second place driver, Patrese before Schumacher's engine would fail, forcing his retirement. At the front, Damon's race was much easier, as he crossed the line to secure his first victory in F1, securing his name as a race winner.
1: Damon Hill is approaching the end of the last lap of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Damon Hill exits the last turn of the Hungarian Grand Prix, and he does indeed see the checkered flag, and Damon Hill as his great father Graham did before him, wins the Grand Prix. Damon's first Grand Prix victory has been a brilliant one.
0: Hill's consistency would gain him third place in the 1993 Driver Championship, before taking second place in 1994, losing out by a single point to Michael Schumacher. 1995 wouldn't go much better, as Schumacher would claim the World Championship by a healthy 33 points and this leads us up nicely to the 1996 season. By 1996, Schumacher had been signed by Ferrari. With the Ferrari being less than competitive, the Williams team found themselves in a strong position. Damon Hill would start the season off well, winning the Australian, Brazilian, and Argentinian Grand Prix back-to-back, securing a healthy lead in the championship title. The fourth round at Nürburgring, however, wouldn't go so well for Hill, The race started off cold and damp, allowing Jack Villeneuve in his Williams to get off to an excellent start, along with David Coulthard, who went from 6th to 2nd place. Schumacher made it past Hill as well, leaving Damon in 4th place. Hill would be unable to catch up with the cars in front, leaving him to come into the pits to check the car for faults. With nothing obviously wrong, Hill went back out and finished the race in 4th place. In the next round in San Marino, Hill would find himself yet again winning the Grand Prix in a Williams car that looked to be completely dominant. Monaco would not go so well for the Williams car. The race would start off on a wet track. Damon Hill got off to an excellent start, passing Michael Schumacher to take first place. Schumacher would then crash on the first lap, leaving Hill in a great position. However, a pit stop on lap 27 would allow Jean Alesi to take the lead from Hill. Hill then took back the lead from Alacy. However, on lap 40, after fighting back to first place, Hill's Williams engine would explode, leaving him to retire from the race completely.
1: And smoke out of the back of the Williams! This This is gonna be the first time that the Williams has failed, Hill's failed to finish this year. Damon Hill out of the monitor! not to win this race and my goodness the Englishman's heart will be plunging to his boots. Flames out of the back of the engine and Damon walks away. Oh look you can see the anguish.
0: The next round in Spain would not go much better as an epic wet weather drive from Michael Schumacher would secure the first victory of the season for Ferrari as Hill spun his Williams twice before retiring from the race. However after a mid-season dip Damon would go on to win the next round in Canada and again in the ninth round in France before failing again to finish in Great Britain. Round 11 in Germany would be another victory for Hill before coming in second to his Williams rival Jack Villeneuve in Hungary. And although the next couple of races in Belgium, Italy and Portugal would not go well for Hill, in the final F1 race of the season in Japan, He would ensure first place in the F1 Championship, with a total of 97 points, to Jack Villeneuve's 78 and Schumacher's 59.
1: Damon Hill is the world champion of 1996. Frank Williams looking his normal impassive self, but Damon Hill is the world champion of 1996.
0: This season would be totally dominated by the Williams team, who won 12 out of the 16 races. Damon Hill would not go on to win a second World Championship, but that doesn't matter. He had added another World Championship to his family name, something that only Nico Rosberg has done since. Two drivers, 30 years apart, father and son, and with three World Championships titles to their name, that places them in a very special place in the F1 history books. I am in no doubt that this record will be broken, With young guns such as Mick Schumacher looking set to enter into F1, maybe one day I shall be speaking about how the Schumacher father and son is now the most successful duo in history. However, that is the future, and who can predict the way the Formula One will go? However, one thing we can be sure is that whatever happens, the legendary racing skill of Graham Hill and his son Damon will be remembered. This has been a very special episode of F1 in Review. There is a ton of racing history and stories out there, so I encourage you to just start exploring, and who knows what you'll find. Next week, F1 in Review will be returning to its normal format as we go through the latest F1 news and review the race in Sochi. I've been Tristan Van Court, enjoy the race in Russia and let's hope it's been as good as the races in Italy.